it's cool to see philip rivers finally doing what you're doing yeah uh, he takes after me actually nebraska lost horribly this last week so you know football's back like at the end of the day football is a game like it is still meant to be fun hello sports fans it's another exciting episode of the expansion buddies podcast coming back from our brief break last week we were just oodles busy um but we're back now and ready to talk about what's going on in the sports world there's tons to talk about and i know we missed some stuff but anyway i digress i'm here to welcome you to a new episode of the expansion buddies i am your co-host justin wright joined as always by mr jared miller himself how are you doing today jared i am excited because as we speak uh almost synced up perfectly to your intro there game one of the world series is about to get underway so i'm, ex- I'm pumped nice yeah so we figured we'd talk about the world series real quick jared what do you have to say about the world series uh, well, I have some things to say, and then I have a question I'm going to pose to you about it also. Uh, of okay. course, I've got to ask your pick uh, and how many games you think it's going. But first, uh, I think this is going to be – I think it's going to be one of the best World Series we've seen in a while. These two teams match up really well together. Uh, I'm super excited just to see the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. They haven't been in the World Series since the 90s, 99, I believe, was the last time they were in it. They haven't won it since 95, I want to say. So uh, historically, this is just really cool for that franchise. You have a bunch of guys who are superstar-level players for Atlanta. Uh, Freddie Freeman, of course, comes to mind, uh, that have not played in the World Series yet. Uh, And so it's going to be really cool to see them finally get their time to shine in baseball's biggest moment. Um, And then, of course, the Astros. There's always a lot to say about the Astros. Um, You know, we've said it before on the show. This is just another example of them reaching their fifth World or their third World Series, excuse me, in five years. Uh, They are a talented team. They're, you know, it, it begs the question why they needed to do what they did in 2017 to get there. But uh, this Astros team, I do believe got there. Honestly, they're a really good team. They beat up on our Mariners all year. We know that. Yep. Uh, yep. Game one is in Houston on Tuesday night as we record this. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that the Braves adding guys like Jock Peterson to their roster, uh, it gives them enough oomph if you will, to get by the Astros in this one. But uh, I'm going to pick with my brain here. And I think, unfortunately, the Astros win this World Series in seven games. Yeah, Um, I agree. I think the Astros win in seven. I think they're just, yeah. And, you know, we talk a lot about their, their previous sins, the sins of the past, but... And, and we've talked about our thoughts of that, but I think this may be their redemption year. They show that they can do it without the cheating, without any scandal. They just go for a clean year until we find out that they were cheating somehow <laughs> this year too. So yeah. But, oh my gosh. This team is kind of stacked. Yeah. Like and- you've, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I, well, I'm glad you brought all this up and kind of the redemptions thing. So first off, I want to talk about their new manager, Dusty Baker, uh, Mm-hmm. baseball guy through and through uh he was not part of that i am happy to see him 
uh, maybe finally get a chance uh, to win his first World Series as a manager. Uh, but the question I was going to ask you about this stacked Astros team and kind of everything that's gone on with them over the last four or five years is if they win this World Series against Atlanta, what do you think their legacy is going to be? Because they only have Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, and Yuli Gurriel from that 2017 team. There's only four left now that were part of that scandal. Everyone else is uh, was not part th- of that. And the thing is that those four are some of the best parts of that of this team. Oh yeah, the cornerstones. That's honestly, if we take away their cheating scandal, which again they shouldn't have had to resort to. I don't. I don't know why the higher ups in the organization went to that. But this is one of the best teams we've seen in baseball in a long time. Like they are solid through and through, and that and that core four is a huge reason why. They're incredibly talented, and, you know, if they win this championship, you know, sans any asterisk for history, then yeah. I think, you know, we look back at this team um, as as one of the great, one of the great teams. For sure. I mean, they have been an unstoppable force all year long. Uh, they weren't quite the number one seed in the American League that Honor went to the Tampa Bay Rays, who these Astros beat pretty handedly in the playoffs to get here. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and then talking about those cornerstone players on their team. I mean, whenever you're talking about the Astros anymore, of course, you talk about Jose Altuve, uh, powerful hitter, amazing player. Uh, mm-hmm. Yuli Gurriel, he finished third in the NFL, or not the NFL, the MLB. MLB. That'd be impressive. Uh, He's no Bo Jackson, let's be honest. <laughs> But he finished third in the MLB with a uh, 319 batting average this year in the regular season. Um, so I don't know. I, I agree with you. This is an opportunity, I think, for Houston to kind of cleanse their name a little bit. Uh, I, of course, am still rooting for Atlanta, not necessarily because of the cheating scandal that went down a few years ago. I'm just rooting for Atlanta because I cannot root for another AL West team. Uh, but the other question is, I was just thinking about it. When the Astros went to the World Series two years ago against the Washington Nationals, I don't know if you remember this or not, it went seven games, and every single time the road team won. That mm. has never happened before in the sport. I don't think it's even happened in other sports where they play postseason series. Uh, I don't see that happening here, uh, but it's just a funny little uh, – nugget of information i remembered so i i expect the home teams to at least win a few here yeah i mean last year i don't know how it was no it wasn't but in uh the buccaneers in the nfl we were the road team in every game there and i and we won every game oh through your postseason run yeah yeah, not not the same because anyway yeah yeah so i mean you know we we were the home team there right there at the end i guess technically (laughs) true uh, true that was weird though because technically the chiefs were the home team but we were at home i don't know i don't know how you want to qualify that anyway and and one final question for you uh who do you think what city would this mean more to right now in terms of a sports championship because both Atlanta and Houston are struggling in other sports, as we know we're going to get to in a minute in football. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, which city do you think a championship like this would mean more to? Ooh. Yeah, because both cities have 
man, not a lot going for them. No, not a lot this. going that. Um, probably Atlanta. I think, um, because they they've just they have a history of of sadness. Yeah, of of not only uh, not having championships for a long time, but losing them in heartbreaking fashion. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about, of course, the Falcons in the Super Bowl not that long ago in New England. Uh, if you want to take it to the college level, Georgia lost a national championship heartbreakingly to Alabama. In fact, I don't believe uh, Atlanta's last professional sports championship um, was since these Braves. Actually, that's not true. Atlanta United in the MLS won in 2018 but before that i don't think it was since the braves won in the 90s so it's been a while uh for atlanta houston and i i don't know if soccer is necessarily the you know the rallying sport in atlanta either i bet if you asked uh 100 atlanta diehard sports fans on the streets uh down there in that city what they'd rather have a world series or uh mls championship I bet you at least 80% of them would say a World Series. I'm willing to bet 100% of them. Would Hun- say you a World think Series. every single one? Oh, I think so. There's some diehards down there. Atlanta got a really good following when they got that MLS team. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not into MLS, so fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So usually you're the one surprising me with little little segments. Today I'm gonna flip the script. I have been so, warned that this was coming. <laughs> yeah. We're we're nearing the halfway point of the season. We have a pretty good look at, you know, how teams are doing now. The NFL season, yes. The NFL season, yes. So I'm going to ask you, and I, I, I'm not quite sure what to call it. You know, I want to call it like um, sleep or surprise. Like, oh, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't, you know, like that meme. Like, oh, no, I sleep. That's not surprising. Or like, oh, oh, I know. Surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what, but I, I don't know what to call. It. We'll call it shocked or not shocked. Yeah, shocked or not shocked. So I'm gonna ask you some questions about the NFL season, just to okay. kind of gauge what you think, because I I feel like it's been kind of a surprising season. I would agree with that overall. All right, I'm gonna start with the big one, the one that I think is a big one. And this is a this is just about a team, the Chiefs. Oh, you know, I am whew. shocked or not shocked, Jared. But I'm going to say shocked. Um, I did not see the Chiefs starting as poorly as they did. Uh, I- I'm not surprised by the loss to Buffalo. I'll say that I'm not necessarily shocked by the loss to the Chargers. Uh, what I am shocked by is the loss to Tennessee, the most recent 27 to three beatdown that the Kansas city Chiefs suffered at the hands of the Titans. Uh, we've talked about super bowl hangover before a lot on the show. This team has been to two super bowls in a row. They're obviously got a lot of talent on that team. They've got one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, but this is not the Kansas city chiefs that we have seen over the last couple years. So, uh, if you would have asked me if they would be, what are they right now? Two and four? They are two and four, I think. Yes. Yeah. No, so you, three, three and four. 
are they three and four? Yeah, they beat the Eagles too. Don't forget. Oh, of course. Okay, yeah, three and Browns, four. Browns, Eagles, so, Washington. Three and three and four is not necessarily quite time to hit the panic button yet. Um, although there's some stuff that definitely needs corrected. Patrick Mahomes is uh, tied, I think, right now for the league lead with interceptions thrown this season right now mm-hmm. at nine. That's a lot, especially for a guy of his caliber that you just made the half a billion dollar man not that long ago. Um, so it's not quite time to hit the panic button, but I would uh, I'd at least open the little glass that covers the button right now yeah. if I'm Kansas and, City. And by no means are they, they out, but four losses is a lot for a back-to-back Super Bowl attending team. And I think the Chiefs are kind of lucky right now because they have – you know, in, in their future, they've got some some gimme games, I'd say. You know, yeah. they've still got the Broncos. Sorry, Daniel, but they still got the Broncos to play twice. They got the Giants next. They've got the Giants next. Um, so they've they've got some gimmies, and I think they got some, you know, winnable games, but I I'm shocked. Like I thought they were gonna take a dip, but I I'm really like disappointed in Patrick Mahomes' performance. He has been playing poorly. Yeah. Well um, I- his his decision making's been bad. You know, he's trying to do some of those Patrick Mahomes throws. And it's like, you know, he's, I think, you know, even these few years in the league, I don't think he's got quite the, you know, age and like the beat down he's taken as a, as an NFL quarterback, I think has kind of slowed him a little bit and he's not quite able to do it exactly how he did as a, as a rookie and people kind of expect it a little bit. Yeah. And, and I will say this about those uh, gimme games, as you call them, don't lose one of those because then it's yeah, time to hit the panic button. If you lose to the Giants on Monday night, uh, yeah, I'd hit that panic button hard, especially since you're going to yeah. be at home. So uh, I'm shocked and, to yeah. sum it up. And the other thing, too, is, you know, we talk about some of their, their wins. Like against the Eagles, the Eagles were in that game for a long time. Well, it was so 42 was, to 30. So was Washington. I mean, Washington was tied with them at halftime, if I remember yeah. correctly. And, yeah. I mean, the Browns barely, barely didn't win. Uh huh. Well, it's the the Chiefs in their wins have not been convincing. You know, Washington. I mean, I'm sorry. Like that's kind of a they've they've had such bad luck this year that. Well, and didn't wasn't that the game where Taylor Heineke got hurt and had to go out? Uh, it might. I'm pretty sure that was that game. It was either that one or the week before, but I think it was that one. Yeah. And anyway, like. I, my final note to say about the Chiefs, this was kind of a question because I just want to rant about the Chiefs, um, is maybe tying up all your cap space in a huge mega quarterback contract isn't the wisest move because mm-hmm. your team is really suffering since you signed that contract. Man, I've, I digress. Talk, I've talked about this before on the show, not just with the Chiefs, but in terms of baseball, like we talked with the Padres a little bit and the, the money they threw out. Uh, it puts your franchise in a really precarious position when you do that. Um, and it's uh, historically that's been the case in sports. Uh, and I, I get that Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent, but you've got to really, really look at a situation like that long-term for your organization. And is anyone worth that kind of money? I don't know. And right now he's definitely not playing like it. Mm-hmm. All right. My next question. All right, hit me. Are you shocked or not shocked by the total dominance thus far of the Arizona Cardinals? I'm going to say not shocked on that one. 
Uh, I've been reluctantly tooting the Cardinals horn since they got JJ Watt this summer. Uh, they are a very scary team. They are a very talented team. We've known that with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, the addition of J.J. Watts to Chandler Jones on that defensive line just bolstered them. Uh, they also got A.J. Green, if I'm correct. And I don't know if he's done a ton for them this season, but they're a very deep team. Uh, we already know, because of you on the show, how much of a great coach Cliff Kingsbury is. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I'm not shocked at that. I'm, I'm not enjoying it, but I'm not shocked. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm not shocked either, but I am surprised a little bit. I thought they were going to be good. I did not realize they were going to be dominant right now. You have, I think, you know, one game where it was a little like bit of a nail biter against the Vikings. And, you know, that was week two. I think, you know, especially that early on in the season, the Viking hadn't fully accepted that they suck. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, everything else for the most part, I guess the game against the 49ers was semi-close. But everything else has been you know, a pretty thorough butt whooping against some, against some legitimate teams. You know, you have the Titans in there. You've got the Rams who, you know, are a pretty darn good team in their own the right. Browns, right now. man, they beat the Browns. Down yeah. the Browns. Uh, man on, and the poor Browns, man, I, we should talk about them at some point. Those, those poor, poor Brownies. Yeah. The, um, the injury bug has raptured them. Yeah. Yeah. To say the least. Uh, but the Cardinals, uh, you're right. I mean, they are scary. And I would have never guessed in a million years that this would have been the last undefeated team left in the league this year. Uh, here they are, though, at 7-0 and with a big, big matchup uh, the night we dropped this episode Thursday night against the Packers at home. I'm excited for that game because I don't think the Packers are going to fold over either, even coming into Arizona. No, that should be that should be a very good game. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I've given up all hope of uh, the Seahawks even making the postseason this year, let alone catching the Cardinals for the division lead. So <laughs> I'm kind of weirdly going to be rooting for the boys down in Arizona now. Uh, I always kind of do. I've always kind of had a weird, uh, warmer spot in my heart for the for the Cardinals. So yeah, uh, it's it's and not talking about like we were in the World Series franchises and cities that uh, that are starving for success in terms of sports. Uh, Arizona down there, uh, they don't really have a lot going on either. The Diamondbacks were one of the worst teams in baseball this year. The Coyotes are never uh, great in the NHL. Uh, so, you know, they're amped about this Cardinals success right now, as they should be. This is one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL. In fact, I saw where today and tell me if you would have picked this about two months ago, that if the playoffs started right now, your two number one seeds in the postseason in the NFC, of course, would be Arizona. And you know who would be in the AFC right now? Who? The Cincinnati Bengals. No. And that's, uh, you know, that segues right into my next question. I think, you know, and this is kind of a two-parter. Are you shocked or not shocked by how well Joe Burrow has rebounded from his injury last year? And are you shocked or not shocked about how well the Bengals as a team have been doing? I'm glad you split that into two parts because I have two different answers. I am not shocked that Joe Burrow is bouncing back the way he is. I think if he continues to play at this pace, 
you got to lock that kid in for comeback player of the year. Um, he's doing some incredible stuff over there in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. but that's, I'm not shocked because I've watched Joe Burrow since his LSU days in college. And this kid's a competitor. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before. He is not phased by anything. And I'm glad you brought him up because there's a little something I read that he said in an interview recently, I think this last week, they asked him how he's able to uh, zone out the noise so well, though being a road team in the uh, wherever the Bengals go. And he said, honestly, he said, SEC stadiums I played in college are louder than NFL stadiums. So, Oh, wow. Interesting. Kids, I, I believe it, too. Think of some of the places he went, Ole Miss, Alabama, Georgia. Some of those places can definitely get loud. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not shocked at the way he's playing coming off of that horrific injury last year. Uh, I, I actually would have been more shocked if he wasn't playing this way because he's such a talented athlete and he's got such a competitive spirit. Uh, it, I mean, we talked about it on the show, I believe, with my brother not long after Burrow got injured in that game against Washington last year. Do you remember when they carted him off the field? He wasn't crying or wincing mm-hmm. in pain or whatever. He was ticked. He looked mad. And that told me yep. right there that he was coming back better than ever. And so far he stuck true to that. So that doesn't shock me. Now the Bengals as a team and how they've been playing so far this year, that shocks me a little bit. Uh, you know, this is a team that they found some really good young talent at the receiver position. Well, and he's Joe Burrow's former teammate and they have continued to click. Oh my word. Yeah. So, you know, you look at the teams that the Bengals have beat. um, Well, let's talk about this last week's game against the Ravens. Probably the most They routed the Ravens. 41 to 17 in Baltimore. Uh, Yeah. They just put the boots to them and didn't look back. It was insane. You know, they did, have a really handed win against the lions. That's not super shocking, but even look at their losses. They hung around with green Bay. It took till overtime for the Packers to win that game. And in the missed field goal bowl is what we call that one. Uh, Yeah, that was, that was a heck of a game, you know, and and I'd say the the most uh, damning loss here is probably the loss to the bears. Uh, I think if those two teams squared up again, now about a month later, Mm-hmm. since that game i think you have a totally different result uh because the bears did win their meeting 20 to 17 back in september but uh yeah the Bengals as a team are shocking me right now uh pleasantly surprised uh i don't really hold anything against the Bengals except for the fact that my brother roots for them but he hasn't been too insufferable yet yeah um and you know i've been pretty impressed that i didn't expect too much from the Bengals. i i am shocked at how well they've been doing because I know the Bengals have struggled for the past few years with coaching, but I think um, their offensive coordinator that brought in in 2019, whose name just slipped my mind. Um, uh, you you'll said, come to me. You said they're OC, uh, right? oh Brian Callahan. Yeah, yeah. He he's been scheming up some really good plays for some of these defenses. You know, watching um, watching from you know last week's game there was a touchdown that Joe Burrow sent to tight end uh, uh, Umazawa. Or um, mm-hmm. However How you pronounce his name. Yeah. Uh, you're asking the wrong guy on that one. But like the tight end just wide open. Oh my Lord. And, and what Jamar Chase does to get open. 
I am, I am shocked at how the addition of that single receiver has, you know, but anyway, I, and I will say, I'm a little shocked at Joe Burrow's, you know, recovery and jump to where he is. I, I did expect him to rebound well, but I thought he would continue his progression from where he was hurt last year. I feel like he has improved. Oh yeah. You know, there's no and, sophomore slump for that kid. No. And what really impresses me is usually when we see quarterbacks that go out with those big injuries, you know, take Carson Wentz, for example, they come back and they're a little gun shy. They're, they're a little worried about getting hit. They're worried about that, that season ending injury coming again. Joe Burrow plays with none of that. He, he plays with no fear. That kid, he is an electrifying quarterback. If he is the future of the Bengals, I am here for it, man. I will tune in. Cause he's awesome. I I'm really impressed with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's good. Uh, before we move on in your little game of shocked or not shocked here, just thought I'd update the listeners as if we're live and you won't know in two days, but the, uh, <laughs> the, the Atlanta Braves are already up one, nothing on the Houston Astros here in game one in the top of the first inning. So uh, could be a fireworks show in game one. But uh, anyway, let's continue here. Shocked or not shocked. If you've got more, lay them on me. Yes, I do have one more. Oh, boy. So of our list of rookie quarterbacks, are there any that you are specifically, you know, we have, uh, I almost said Trevor, or yeah, Trevor Lawrence, um, Trey Lance, Mac and cheese, you know, Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson, uh, who, Oh, uh, Justin Fields in Chicago. Oh yeah. Justin Fields. The big five, the big five of all of them. Are there any that you are particularly shocked about their first year in the league so far or not shocked about? Are there, are you shocked that they're performing the way they are underperforming? Um, shocked that they're underperforming, I should say. I'm I'm actually not. I wouldn't say shocked with any of their performances so far. I am uh, a level below shocked. We'll say surprised with Mac Jones. I didn't uh, right now. I would say he's far and a better above the best of the rookies at the moment. I would Uh, agree. And I'm I would not have said that. I didn't say that uh, months ago before the season started. So. the Patriots system is really hard to learn. A Bill Belichick playbook is really yeah. hard to learn. Um, and no one new has had to do it for a long time at the quarterback position. So the fact that Mac Jones has been able to come in and do what he's done, filling in the shoes of Tom Brady up there. I mean, we've talked about it before that big Patriots bucks game a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think he'd stand a chance in that game. And he hung right there with them all night. Yes. And uh, so I, I wouldn't say shocked, like I mentioned before, but I will say surprised at his performance, pleasantly surprised. He's doing better than I thought he would as far as the others go. We talked about it a lot on the show, the pressure that was going to be on Trevor Lawrence being the number one draft pick and going to a place like Jacksonville. He was not going to be the fix-all, and he hasn't been the fix-all. That team has still got a long ways to go. Zach Wilson and the Jets, same sort of deal. Really like Wilson still. There's a lot of growing pains that he's going to have to go through. I think long-term he'll be okay. He is injured right now for at least two to four weeks. Um, and then you've got Justin Fields and the Bears. Uh, an interesting situation, to say the least, with a coach who I don't always agree with his decision-making. Um, 
and how they've done this whole quarterback deal over there in Chicago. And then Trey Lance, very talented quarterback, but the 49ers need to figure out also what they're doing there, uh, whether they are going to stick with Lance or go to Garoppolo or, uh, you know, so th- those four haven't really yeah. surprised me in how they're doing. It's about as I would have expected seven weeks in, but uh, I-, I am, I am a little more surprised with Mac Jones. Yeah. Mac Jones, I will say, I agree. I'm surprised at how well he's doing. I, I don't want to say I wrote him off cause I didn't, but I was like, he's not going to be successful at least in this first year. Cause like you said, a bill Belichick playbook is tough. And I, I expected it would take him a year or two to kind of get familiar and into that system, but they have, they have eased him in or shocked him in well enough that he's kind of rolling with it. And you know, uh, it could be the dawn of a new evil empire up in new England. Mm. Yikes. I mean, they maybe did not just... an empire, but they they'll be handy. At least you think they're a playoff team this year. Oh, no. yes. Okay. No. I did. All right. I, I don't think so either, but I don't know. I just wanted but to you get give, a feeler out. Give Mac and cheese and bill Belichick. I say minimum of three years. They will be back in the playoffs. For, oh, I think they're back in next year. I don't, I don't know about next year. Uh, that could be but that could I be a long term. I will thing say, I, it, it depends on if the the Dolphins are a whole thing to talk about yeah. some other time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it depends on if the Dolphins get their stuff figured out, which I hope they will. But I digress. Anyway, um, most of the other ones, I agree, pretty much, pretty much, um, you know, not shocked. I will say, Justin Fields. I am, I am both shocked and not shocked. I thought he was going to be able to perform better than he is currently, but I am also not shocked because watching the bears play Matt Nagy is an issue. Big time. Big um, time. He, he is, I think screwing around with quarterbacks. He is, you know, like you said, making poor choices there. The, the taking the play, doing the offensive play, calling the not doing it, then like just let your OC do his job, dude, or mm-hmm. find a new OC if you're not happy with it. But like, you need to stop micromanaging. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's he is. You know, I gotta say, I've seen this meme around a couple times, but like, if this is how the Bears are doing with the new hotness at quarterback, like, were we actually sleeping? On Trubitsky, because like he got them to the playoffs there a few times. Was he actually like the goat and was just brought down so far by his the coach? goat? The goat. Uh, I get what you're saying. Uh, I don't think Trubisky was quite as bad as we and the meme world out there liked to make him. He is not. I, I think he's a starting quarterback at some places. Uh, I, I I'm starting to think I, I'm. I'm warming to Trubisky a little bit. I think he's one of those quarterbacks that maybe he did just need a change of scenery. And I mean, if you're Buffalo, you've got a pretty solid backup in him. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but you know, shoot, if other teams see it that way, you know, you have some of these teams that are kind of struggling with their quarterbacks. Now, you know, give Trubisky a shot. Yeah. Why not? I mean, quarterbacks, uh, they're, they're on the move all the time. We just saw the, uh, 
Eagles send Joe Flacco to the Jets here. So yeah, they, um, man, the Eagles. Oh boy, deep. that they're uh, they're a team. I'm gonna chalk that one up to not shocked, buddy. No, not shocked. But the way the way our friend Alex talks, though, this is the biggest shock of all time. Man, I love Alex to death. Alex, you're a listener, you're a friend, you're an old coworker. I love you to death, but you got to take those rose-colored glasses off, my guy. It's a pretty ugly world in Philly right now. <laughs> but Doug Peterson was the problem. <laughs> he was part. I, of the to problem. be fair, I said I said that too last year. Yeah. Well, oh you know. man. And, anyway, and maybe it's still true because it's a problem that bad. It might take some time to get out of, even when the source of it's gone. So. Yeah. But thank you for partaking in Shocked or Not Shocked, our first edition of it. I will be back with this segment with some new questions later on. I don't know if it'll be next week or a few weeks down the line. I like but, it. Just spring it on me like you did here. I don't yeah. want to know it's coming. Just just spring it on me. Because that's so not- the next okay, yeah. I, I will will do. Okay. Will do. All right. Um, the next thing I want to talk about though is keeping kind of in with NFL and and coming up. Again, about halfway through the season, but we're about halfway through fantasy for fo- fantasy football. Not shocked. And- <laughs> not shocked. Six and one. Not shocked. But I want to talk about our fantasy players. Who has been, you know, who who that you picked up in the draft has been, you know, or like you picked up off waivers. Who's been overperforming beyond your expectations? Who's been underperforming this year? You know, I've I've got some of both. Uh, well, my overperformer is a, a man who should be wearing a crown everywhere he goes because he is the king, Derrick Henry. I knew Bow it. down to Derrick. All bow, all bow to King Derrick because King Derrick is straight up the reason I've only lost one game in fantasy so far this year. Uh, the performances he's put up in some of these games, unbelievable. This is exactly why I took him with the number one overall pick. Uh, even though he was ranked below two other running backs. I had him last year. He was excellent. Same thing this year. Nothing more needs to be said. Derrick Henry is my yeah. uh, overperformer. Who's yours? I have got, I've got three players. Well, actually, excuse me. I've got two players that have been, no, three, 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 uh, that have been overperforming for me. Um, My first my first is Kyle Pitts. I picked him as my as my drafted tight end. I I thought he would be, you know, fine because you know the the Falcons picked him up to be an offensive playmaker, but he has been killing it, dude. And that's that's something I should have gone back to and asked in shock or not shock. But how well Kyle Pitts is doing in Atlanta because that guy is. You know, yeah. the Falcons are bad overall, but Kyle Pitts is a bright spot. You, the, Atlanta, you've got two things going for you right now in sports. You got the Braves and you got Kyle Pitts. So, you're, uh, I think mm. you're going to be all right. Dude, what a performance those guys had. And he, you know, there's been some really trash teams that they've played, but he's made some clutch plays, but I digress. Um, and then also on the Falcons, uh. Oh my gosh, I'm going to say his name so wrong. Corderell Patterson. Cord- Cordero, I think. Or Cordero. Close. <laughs> I've only, I only ever say Patterson talking about him. But 
right now in our league, at least he's a rank seven quarterback. I just picked him up off waivers because I needed an extra running back at one time, but he's been, you know, putting on some jets and, you know, he's been putting up points for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's good. He's real good. Uh, who do you want me to do my underperformer? Or do you want to yeah, do yours Yeah. First? Go, go oh. ahead and do your underperformer. All right. So I didn't, well, to be fair, this isn't, uh, I didn't expect a ton with this one. I kind of got put into this situation. I had to pick him up off the waivers because my tight end, George Kittle went down to IR with the injury. So I picked up Austin Hooper from Cleveland Ooh. and with the hopes that, uh, he would be a serviceable backup here. Uh, has not been one for me, has not been one. So the most points he scored all season was before I had him in week three against Chicago. He had 9.9. All right. Since then, let me just read these numbers off to you. Week four, he had 2.1. Week five, he had two. Week six, he had 1.4. And uh, this last week against Denver, he had 6.2. All right. So the guy hasn't even broken seven points uh, since I picked him up. And I'm going to need that to change if you're listening, my guy, because uh, right now Herbie's love bugs are on a one game losing streak and that can't happen. We need to get things back on track. So Austin Hooper has been my underperformer and uh, I'll hold on to him from now. But as soon as Kittle's healthy again, man, he's getting he's getting the bench. Man, if uh, you know, maybe I could facilitate a trade live on air. Because you know who I have as my backup? As your backup tight end? Yeah. Who's that? One Zach Ertz. Oh, and now of the Arizona Cardinals talking about them adding weapons. Yeah, yeah, that was – that's another question we should ask for shock, not shock, that the the Eagles would trade him. All right. So uh, if you you really want to facilitate a trade here uh, live on the show, the first of its kind, an expansion buddy's – uh, new our, our 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 extended lore our extend yeah another chapter in our storied history goes down in this one all right i uh i have a trade offer for you then okay okay be- okay believe me i uh <laughs> i'm looking to upgrade at the tight end position as we speak so you said you have zach Ertz and you're, you're putting do. him on the old trading block i i can do that i can put him on the trading block uh how would you feel about uh getting in return not only austin hooper but the tampa bay buccaneers defense hmm Hmm. they're the number three defense in fantasy right now they are and you of all people should know how good they are hmm what's austin hooper doing this year wait i I don't want i i don't i don't want austin hooper all right. Uh, all right. Well, what, what are you in need of? He's so bad. Well, I'm trying to get rid of the guy. <laughs> I know. All right. What are you in need of then? So looking at my, my, my team, I, according to the numbers, I should be doing a lot better record wise than I am. Well, you've been the victim of some pretty bad luck this year. Yeah. Um, you know, I could use some extra depth at wide receiver is probably my biggest need right now. Cause I've got some, I've got some two really good guys. I've got Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf who studs. Okay. So, um, but my backups, not, not the most consistent Henry Ruggs, 
awesome, but not the most consistent. And Jalen Waddle's been a little, little lackluster. All right, I, I can, I can work with that. So uh, the the Buccaneers defense still stands here. I'll take, okay. I'll take Austin Hooper off of that, uh, and I will let you pick between either uh, Corey Davis with the Jets. And if if you're yeah. curious, I can read you some of his numbers here. He's currently the 31st ranked receiver in fantasy. He had a great week one. He put up 26 points, dropped off a little for the next two weeks, and put up another 26 against his old team in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, got okay. eight the following week, had a bye week, and then he put up 14 against New England last week. So very high floor, but decently low, or I mean, really low floor and really high ceiling kind of player. Yeah. Okay, okay. So hit or miss, or my, uh, my boy, my homer, uh, Darnell Mooney uh, from the Chicago Bears. He, uh, he, he's not going to have the highest of uh, ceilings that Davis had, but he's had a 12-point game, a 15-point game, a 19-point game, and then you know some of his uh, lower games are seven-point game. That was against the Rams defense and a uh, one-point game or 1.9-point game. It's not great, but against the Cleveland, uh, pretty good Cleveland team. So uh, a six-point game against you guys this last week. Uh, so you know it kind of it's for him. It depends on uh, the defense he's going up against. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you pick between either of those two with your Buccaneers defense thrown in there for Zach Ertz. Hmm. Is it a All deal right. or a no deal? I feel like Howie Mandel right now. <laughs> hmm. How? So I know the thing is, I know how well this, this, I think, I feel like this trade really helps you a lot. Well, until I, I'm, I'm trying to think, does it help me? Until Kittle comes back, remember? Because even with Zach Ertz, Kittle's still going to be my my number one guy. I'm just looking to put a Band-Aid on the bleeding right now. Hmm. I, I you know, I, I kind of regret it because I'm the one that brought it up, but I think I'm going to have to go with no deal. No deal? All no right. deal. Well, I, just, um, I don't think it benefits me quite enough. Fair enough. Right now. We attempted a trade live on the show. We didn't get yes. one. We didn't get one off the ground, but we tried it. So, uh, all right. I respect that. I res- I, th- I think right. it was a fair negotiation. I don't think there was any hostilities. And uh, we came to a uh, respectful conclusion. So it was a pleasure right. attempting to do business with you. Yes, yes. Maybe maybe later down the line. <laughs> I'm just... I, don't, I don't think anyone has done a trade in our league this year. I, I don't think so. Honestly, what I saw is like immediately we started like when I started like looking at it, and then you talked about <laughs> how bad the tight end game is. I'm like, I'm gonna trade. I I and, talked and, myself and out Pitts, of it. <laughs> and Pitts is gonna get hurt, and I'm gonna have to pick up Austin Hooper. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That the tight end uh, market is a little scarce in fantasy. It's, it's a solid yikes. It is. It is a wasteland out there, actually. So if you have yes. a good tight end, feel lucky. I feel like it's that like that in leagues across the uh, across the board. So let's talk about our underperformers, though, because I think that's what we were. Well, about to I talk just about did mine. Before. I just yeah. did mine. So you can go. Um, Jalen Waddle is mine. I and I. It's probably my fault because I had super high expectations for him. I had like CD Lamb level. You know. Jamar Chase level expectations for the guy. And he's had, you know, a couple, two good games. 
but I thought he would be dominant every week. And that might be because of the quarterback situation with the Dolphins. But, man, I thought I thought that guy was going to be you know, yeah. just dominant across the board. I think that when you get a better or a more solid situation around him on offense, he's going to be – he'll be all right. But in some of it's just first-year growing pains. So, uh, yeah, but I remember you were super excited about him drafting him. So yeah, that, that's a fair, that's a fair selection for underperformer. Yep. And then your other underperformer, like we talked about, has just been lady luck. Ooh. Yeah. Boy, howdy. She oh, has man. been mean to you this year. Uh, if uh, for our listeners that don't know a uh, poor Justin had a win and then days later, it got recalced into a loss against our friend Kyle, who earlier had a win and his got recalced into a loss. So uh, the recalc bug has not been nice in close games this year. No, and that's I'm I'm two and five right now. Honestly, I really feel like I should be better. I've had well, and we've I mean, you would have beaten me if Daniel Jones hadn't got hurt. Yeah. Uh, so that, oh man. Yeah, <laughs> you you've had some some rough goes of it here this year. Um, so no one can fault you for that. But. Uh, yeah, you brought I, some- I think the most deafening loss I've had was week one against my brother, Zach. He, he oh my God, he put the smackdown on me. Zach and- had four years of rage built up that he let out in that game. Yeah. Uh, Zach's having a good season this year. He's vying for a second seed right now. I know we're still a ways off from the playoffs, but he is, uh, he is overperforming. We'll say that. Yeah, no kidding. He is. He is slapping. Plus, he's got easily the best name in the league. Oh, yes. Uh, our Lizard Overlords. Our uh, Lazard People Overlords. Our, oh, our, so good. Yeah. Oh, man. That was a good one. Zach always goes all out with the uh, the team image, too. He spends like uh, 45 minutes Photoshopping just this wild conglomerate of things into his team image, and they're always hilarious. So they're very good. They're very good. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, we're getting close to time here. Uh, as always, though, we've got to close her out with some uh, shout outs and call outs if we have any. Uh, I'll let you go first for your shout out. Dude, my shout out goes to the Detroit Lions special teams for not only getting an onside kick and recovering it, but converting two fake punts in their game against the L.A. Rams. You know, oh my gosh, the boys were pulling out all the stops. They were, that was a huge revenge game with the Rams and the whole Stafford coming back thing. So uh, you're not surprised to see that Dan Campbell was letting the fist fly. Unfortunately, it was not nearly enough, but uh, that's a good, I mean, that was close. I mean, it came down to that interception by, uh, oh, what's his face? Jalen Ramsey. Oh, right there at the end. It was yeah. uh, the Lions put up a man. Speaking of having a bad time with Lady Luck, though, let's talk about those Lions. Holy Oofty, cow. Yeah, <laughs> poor Dude. fellas. They're having a rough go of it, man. But Dude, they, oh, they're man. fighters. They they're fighters. They are Lions, and they have the spirit of Lions. So I, uh, I not to get off track, but did you see? I think it was last week or the week before. Dan Campbell's post game press conference. He broke down crying. Yeah, like, I did. Cause they, like you said, you know, they work so hard and to lose a game the way they've lost. I mean, on a, on a historical field goal, <laughs> historical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They've had a, 
they've had a, 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 a hard time to say the least over there in Detroit. Uh, so, so my shout out, uh, you, you brought up a team that hasn't won a game yet this year for your shout out. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to bring up a team that has not lost a game yet this year, but I'm going to do it in the NBA. I'm going to shout out the, uh, the four and oh Chicago bulls. Do you know the last time the Chicago bulls were four and oh sometime with Michael Jordan, I suspect 1996, the Michael Jordan days when they won a championship, when they started the second three P. Uh, the Bulls have not had a start to the season this good in quite some time. They've had wins uh, twice over the Pistons, more Detroit bad luck, uh, the Pelicans <laughs> and the Raptors. Uh, and they're playing the – their next game is against the Knicks on Thursday night. Knicks are having a pretty good start to their season too. But I had to shout out the 4-0 Chicago Bulls. If you actually look at the NBA standings right now, the East looks like it's something straight from the 90s, and I love it. You've got the Bulls. You've got the Bucks, You've got the Knicks the Sixers, the Hornets, the Hawks. Uh, it's it's a good time over there in the East. So shout out to the Chicago Bulls on a on a great start to their season. Nice, nice. You got any call outs? I don't think so. Okay, I've got one, and it might be a little outdated. I was going to do it a few weeks oh, ago. I, I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I think I told you this at some point, but I have not done it on the show yet. I was going to do it the week we talked about Gruden and then kind of Gruden stole the call out segment for the entire episode. So uh, oh, I just thought of another shocked or not shocked question. I'm going to ask it right now because I'm I'm sorry, but it's fairly topical. Shocked or not shocked about how well the Raiders are doing post Gruden scandal. Uh. Honestly, I feel like I need a bigger sample size. I mean, it's it's impressive. You know, we talked about how this could be a distraction for them, but this has only been two weeks. Um, so, uh, again, I won't say shocked, but a, a little uh, brow furrower there. Okay, the Raiders, uh, they're doing all right still in light of this. So that's kind of how I feel about it. All right, anyway, go ahead. All right, so my uh, call out, and this is, again, from a couple weeks ago when it actually happened. Uh, but when the Texas A&M Aggies in college football beat Alabama, the number, then number one team in the nation, on a last-second field goal, I am calling out Alabama Crimson Tide radio announcer Eli Gold. Uh, the game was coming down to a field goal, and he called – the last thing he called was them lining up for the kick. And then I think it was just because he was a sour grape because his tide lost. He said nothing when the kick was made. He didn't say that it was made. He didn't let the listeners know what was going on. He just went silent, quite literal radio silence. Uh, and all that people could hear over the waves was the sound of a raucous Texas A&M crowd storming, storming the field. That's horrible announcing. Uh, the biggest play of the game, maybe one of the biggest plays of the season, and you just go quiet for it because you're mad that they lost? No, man. Can't happen. Can't happen. So that's my call out. That's a good call out. I thought it might have been uh, Patrick Mahomes' brother was the other oh, one. Oh, yeah. Of. We talked about that, too. That's – oh, boy. Patrick Mahomes' extended family is just kind of turning into a perpetual call out. That's some stuff that needs to uh, knock it off, and Patrick needs to nip that in the bud. That's what I'll say about that. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
All right. Uh, well, if you don't have any call outs, I think that takes us to the end of uh, our show here. I believe it does, Jared. It I sure believe it, it does. sure does. Uh, so we want to thank all of our loyal listeners out there who were rather sad that we didn't have an episode last week. I heard about it from a few people. Uh, we didn't mean to spring that on you guys. Like Justin said at the top of the show, we were we were both very busy last week, so it just didn't happen. We were happy to be back for you this week, though, and uh, to bring you all of the sports content you hopefully come to our show for. Otherwise, I don't know why you would listen to us. Uh, we aren't that. Um, maybe because it's your mom and she loves us. Eh, yeah, that's true. That's true. All well, right. loves you. I don't, I don't know how she feels about me. Ah, she loves both of us. You're the son she never had. So she's got you and Jake. Uh, well, yeah, but she never had you. So, you, you know, oh, that's still, fair. she never did have me as far as I know. Uh, otherwise, the expansion buddies <laughs> learned something very unique here tonight. The expansion uh, buddies lore deepens and gets much more confusing. Oh, this stuff's not canon yet. It's not canon yet. So anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, who knows what we find out in the coming episodes, man. <laughs> uh, thank you all for tuning in for another episode of the expansion buddies podcast and for listening wherever you listen from, whether it's iTunes, Google podcasts, Spotify, uh, the can on a string. We appreciate you guys for tuning in every week. We publish for you every Thursday, like we have for the most part up to this point. And, uh, we missed a couple weeks. Only I think only two. Uh, three. I think we've missed three. But uh, okay. outside of that, for episode 63, only missing three weeks since we started this whole shindig a year and a half ago. Not too shabby, if I do say so myself. So we Not will con- continue to publish for you guys uh, almost every Thursday. And uh, until next Thursday, I've been Jared. I've been Justin. And never forget party like it's 1976.